What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Kim, from the patio with Kim, and I'm live here with my special company, Black Mac of DFPN, That Feeling Podcast Network, founder, CEO, and I'm so glad to have you on my show. Is there anything you want to shout out? Oh, man. Shout out to the entire team. Shout out to all the podcasts that we have on the network is so many now. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to name them all because I'm probably I'm probably gonna leave somebody out, and I that's I don't yeah, want to be I don't want to be selfish. That's so. my problem too. I've been turning the page like, oh wait a minute, I got a couple missing. <laughs> now, nah, man, shout out to everybody, man. Um, shout out to you for for getting this whole 50 years of hip hop thing underway, kicking it off for us. That was. This has been an excellent series so far. I'm I'm honored to be the last. I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate it. I was a little nervous, but when you first gave us the task, I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? I said, I got to wait until it's later in the summer when I go home. So it was cool that each many wanted to do one so we could do DFPM first, representing. Yep. And then I got a couple people from back home that uh, support us and share us so they helped us so i wanted to get them on an interview and uh then i had a i you gotta get a new yorker but yeah he is a hip-hop so i got my home girl nikki b and now i have the honor of having black knack on my show i appreciate it so much thank you thank you thank you for having me i appreciate it no problem but we gonna get into it right now so for all my listeners i I triple dog dare y'all to air hustle on this one because I'm telling you, it's going to be fruitful and you are going to want to be in listening. Y'all going to wish y'all was in the room. That's what I'm telling you for sure. So, you know, the grand first question everybody know, I always ask, what song, group, artist got you loving hip hop? Like, what is that first one that said, yo... I love hip hop. Um, there's been many, but the one song that like got me, like hook line sinker. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna way back. Um, it was a Diggable Planet song for anybody who Ooh. doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Diggable Planets. Yeah, Diggable Planets was. Uh, there's been many before that, and like, but the moment I knew, like, I loved what hip-hop was was the first time i heard cool like that yeah oh that was you play that junk right now to this day yeah to this Mm -hmm. day it's one of those songs that um if you hear it it's like because i'm cool like that i'm cool like that and this as a as a kid that was like (laughs) that was like yeah it's that was it a jazzy feel to it but yeah Everybody, everybody was listening to that. I mine don't go all the way back. I'm oh, I always say mine go all the way back. Rappers delight. Yeah, I mean, but there's, there's been a lot. Person. Yeah, so. there's been a lot. So my my hip hop experience is probably different from a lot of people's. To mm-hmm. where like I wanted to be like my brother, <laughs> like crazy, and my brother was on. He was on like the the KRS ones and um public enemies. So that was my introduction to hip hop. Like 
stuff like that. But my brother was so musically like mm-hmm. out there with the other stuff. It made me like and appreciate the other stuff as well as hip hop. But hip hop was always like the thing I gravitated towards. Oh, okay. Because a lot of people slept on X Clan too. Oh yeah, definitely. If you ask definitely. somebody right now who X Clan is, if it's not this generation, they gonna look at it. They don't like, know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. Is that uh, now? Are you a singer, a rapper? You know. I don't know the other side of that feeling podcast. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to tell me that part and what inspired you to become the artist that you are. I think that goes back to the first question. Like, how did I fall in love with it? Um, and the the music side. So I, I think of myself more so as an artist rather than just putting myself in the box that I'm gonna I'm gonna be a singer. Okay. Um I I like to write, I like to create. That that's my thing. But uh being that I got into the music, just seeing because when when I actually started writing music, like I'd started at a very young age and it was it was to do some of the stuff that wasn't being done. You know, I always look for something that wasn't being done and try to bring that out. I still do that to this day. And the way my process is, I try to find something that isn't being talked about and talk about it. Bring oh, that. Okay. But well, it's always go ahead. No, no. No, it's it's always been a um it's always been a, a thing with me. I just love to create. Oh, okay. Well, even with artistry, um, the one thing I haven't talked about is like graffiti and breakdancing and stuff. That had a lot of influence during the hip hop era too. Now I don't know how breakdance, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you know, even with your artistry talent, as far as the art art part, um, did that ha- did hip hop have any influence in that arena? Major, like, major, because hip hop was it was all about expression. Right. Um, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter your background. It was all about the expression, which the early days of hip hop really had a big influence on me because you had the MC, which was the life of the party, uh, right. minus the DJ. Right. So the MC really became the life of the party. At first it was the DJ. Then there was the MC. But I right. kind of fell in love with both facets of it because I love the, the timing of the DJ. But I also love the crowd and that part of it, too, like the interaction. I've always loved that. Um, but, yeah, it, it always had a big influence on me. Oh, okay. So, like, the first time you had to present some artwork or any type of music, whether it be written uh, or presented in a vocal form, I'll put it that way, mm-hmm. Um what was that first time? How did you feel? Like, did did you know you was you was there? Oh yeah, um, definitely, definitely. So, the first time I actually did it, I had been I had been writing down lyrics for years, um, but the first time I actually like presented it to anyone, I was about 15, 15 or sixteen. And this was around the time where we were starting to go out 
and the little teenage parties, everybody's going around town doing the parties and stuff. House and parties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was in that era. But they were this is around the time where they were they were doing the freestyling. Freestyling had become a thing right. in um in Louisiana, where I'm from. It had, it had become a thing. So you get on the microphone, everybody do their thing. And they I remember the song. It was Lil' Kiki Southside. Oh, I know that song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was it was that song. So they had that instrumental and they played it, and nobody had ever heard me rap before, Mm -hmm. let alone like perform. And I did it. I freestyled the whole song, and everybody just went crazy. And it was, yeah, it was like it was like an injection in the arm. It was like I knew I was addicted from that moment, just knowing. Like I can control a crowd just based off of what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. that was that was it. That was it for me. And from then on, um, I already had the name. The name Black Mac itself is an acronym, which was given to me by my grandfather. Oh, okay. uh, and, and I already had that. So the first time I ever rapped, that came out of my mouth. Like it was a part mm-hmm. of my rap, and it stuck. And people just kept calling me Black Mac. So. <laughs> so you had the, you had the lyricist part, you had the name, you had the flow, so you was good. So oh, yeah. you know, the first time that you knew you was legit making moves in the industry type area, you know, what was what was the storyline behind that? Like, how did you, how did you get into it? How did you feel while you was there the very first time? that you knew legitly you was doing something more than just making moves. Hey, what's up? Um, How you doing? What up? What up, Mac? Um, the first time, the first time we did it. So I was stationed in Eglin, my first duty station. Um, and we were there and we were with this group, me and, uh, three of my, three of my friends. What up D junior? What up live? What up little D? We we all formed a group called uh, Fuck It Entertainment. That was the name of the, that was the name of the group. <laughs> but we called it Fit Fit Entertainment, okay. right? So we we ended up doing that, and um, what started out is just like us rapping on karaoke machines and doing um, and just like just doing it for our friends. It okay. ended up getting us into like. The NCO clubs, and then we started there, and so we would perform at the NCO club, and then from there, it brought us out into the town off base, and where we started doing like uh, shows here and there around the bars and, and clubs around Fort Walton Beach, and it ended up being a thing, and it was like it was like damn, like we could really we could really make moves, and we were for a while. And then that good old PCS <laughs> came along and and tore that up. But we were we were on to something then, and just making those moves then gave us enough confidence to be like, "Yo, we we might actually be really dope," and you know, see how far we can go into this music thing. And it became it became a passion then to like pursue it on that level, but. Okay. The, the service the service came first regardless of anything else right. so 
That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, so do you ever feel that you missed an opportunity that you could have had to make it grow into something even greater? Or it's it's going the way you planned? Um that's a that's a tough question to answer because I did have that chance. I did have it and then I let it go and then I had it again. And by the time I had it again, I had a family. So things changed, okay. right? Yes. Like I knew I knew I still could do it and I could do it at a high level. And knowing that I could do that, if I would have did it the first time, I had the opportunity to, yeah, I probably would be somewhere. Um, but there are no guarantees. I think it played out just how it, how it was supposed to play out. And the fact that I do have a family, um, that means a lot to me. So now it's like I need to give them that time, you know what I'm saying? Right. And and nurture them and watch them grow. And, you know, I, I think me being creative here where I am and being around my family, it affords me a lot, you know. So yeah. I don't regret anything, but I do think sometimes, like, if I if I would have taken the first opportunity I had to take it, yeah, I probably would have been doing something great. But I don't regret it. So how do you feel right now, though, about, you know, your impact on where things are going with uh, whatever artistry you're, you're choosing to express yourself with? Oh, that's a great question. I think if you look at what DFPN is. Um, shout out to DFPN. <laughs> shout out, shout out to everybody. I think if you look at what it is, um, you are seeing my creativeness, my creativity. You're seeing it on display um, just by the, the shows that we put out. Um, the people that we bring to the table, you know, the way that this is growing, I think you're seeing that on display. Um, and it also helps that I have people on my team that are just go getting it, you know, so mm -hmm. it, it helps to have that. Um, and to know that they support my creativity and, you know, we're, we're going to get it together and, it's not just my vision anymore. Yeah, my creativity is is you know out and vast, but it's not just my vision anymore. It's like it's like ten other people's visions now, right. and like just seeing that is like I'm proud of that. I'm really really proud of that. Um, I don't care how far we go. It, it it's great that we are we are making strides. I don't care how far we go. It's I love doing it. I love being creative. I love creating and I love watching it grow. Um, and that's that's a reward for me. And you know me, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm about seven, eight months in, and I'm like, okay, I just want to learn what I can, and I don't want to keep bugging nobody. So that's why I'm like, well, can she come with the shit? <laughs> no, and you know what? You know what? We were there, you know, so um my patience especially especially with people that are that are starting out like i am i am extremely patient because i know we didn't have this information you know what i'm saying like um when we started when we started this like to function on the level that you're functioning on it took us a long time to get to that level you know so um i'm i'm extremely patient with with new podcasts and I know eventually people will get it. And that's why that's why 
I'm 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 as patient as I am. So well, it's not it's not it's never it's never a um oh shit, here it is. But it's never that. It's it's okay. I need to I need to make sure that they're understanding because there was some things that I don't understand. And there's there's still things I don't understand. There's still things that me and Mac talk about um that he has a better handle on <laughs> than I do. And it's it's that. You know, and it's allowing myself to be to be patient, to listen, and and lead at the same time. So, I appreciate it's, it's something that I'm learning too. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate everything, you, all the knowledge that y'all been able to teach me and share me because I was like, man, they've been doing this for a grip. I'm gonna catch up. <laughs> I've been that's, out that's of the, the technology business since 2016. <laughs> I mean, like everything, I went dark. Every blue moon, you would catch a picture of me and my and my little one. But nah, I was like, nah, forget this. I need to. I'm sorry. And that, anyway. that's the thing. That's that's the advantage of being on the DFPN is like you have this information. Like, because a lot of people start off and they don't have that information. We started off, we didn't have this information, but everybody that comes on board, we try our best to give them that information. Um, okay, so back to hip hop real quick. <laughs> yep. um, what are some of your greatest or favorite accomplishments with what you've done? Uh, I know DFPA, of course, mm -hmm. but um, like your own personal accomplishments like hip-hop wise yes um so we opened up for like we are in the early days mm -hmm. like we opened up for um for countless people like Lil john and the east side boys like uh, -oh. like uh roy jones jr like pretty much if they came around eglin around that time like uh -huh. we were we were opening up for them so um, those were those were big accomplishments for me to just like be around some of these people and like rub elbows with them like that was that was big for me um playing the house of blues was a dream of mine i played it um and just to just to be on that stage um shout out to mrk man like when he was on the show like he had me going down memory lane me and mrk been on some like that story that story we don't we don't tell it but like that's my guy man that's my guy like i remember i remember we were the only two people <laughs> showing up for each other sometimes oh wow and, like in performances so um shout out to him man like shout out mrk yeah shout out, shout out to my guy man um even even now like one of my it's not it's not really a hip-hop um achievement Thanks. Like I didn't, I didn't achieve it like hip hop wise, but um, having Crooked Eye on the platform was like I was like that was an oh shit moment for me because I didn't, I didn't think that would that would ever like I would ever see something like that happen or we'd ever bring somebody like that. But him being the icon and his history um, in the in the industry, um, being on on the platform was was humongous and. I, I'm still I still have my hands in the in the business. Like I'm not completely gone. Hey. I'm, I'm here. I'm here still. Hey. I'm just not I'm not I'm not in the forefront. I'm not really I'm not really active like that. You mm -hmm. may get a song or two out of me. Um and that's just because I'm focused on 
on the on the network like this is my focus but okay. every now and then if i could squeeze some time in to get some music out i will i would definitely do that that's what's up um because of my ignorance who is crooked eye <laughs> <laughs> king crook king crooked uh i call him is if you know who he is crooked eye is a west coast legend like he okay. was he was yeah, he was on death row yeah he was he was on death row um once upon a time he's part of slaughterhouse once upon a time and him and joel ortiz are absolutely killing it right now um okay. so shout out shout out to king cricket man yeah see i don't uh i don't research all that stuff so i'm just like who i like is who i like because i i listen more for the beats than i do with mm. the people so that's my ignorance i mean i'm always 90s every day baby because uh <laughs> born in the 70s raised in the 80s what party yeah. hard in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my crew. They know who they are. I ain't got a name, no names. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, where do you see yourself um, musically-wise? I'll put it that way. Musically-wise, uh, artistry-wise. Uh, in, a, like, the next five years, like, what would you like to have your place in everything, even this podcast? <laughs> well, in the next five years, musically, um, I want to be able to say I put out, I put out an album that is timeless. That is my ultimate goal, musically. Like I can put out an album, and I can it can be played whenever, wherever, and it would have an impact. I want I want to be able to put one of those out, um, which is why I'm not really that active because I am a I am a hardcore perfectionist. Like, so you gotta album. be tunnel. Yeah, I gotta be I gotta be dialed in to like to drop an album. And I've tried since we even since we we've been on the network, like I've tried. I've tried yeah. to like work on the album, but if my concentration gets broken, <laughs> it's like I'm strapping it. So um, which is why like the last year or some change like i put out singles because oh. i was working on an album concentration got broken and i scrapped it but i do want to sit back and make an album to where it's i can play it and oh. it's my story and i you could play it and you know like no matter what time period it is that album it it relates to you that's what's up that's what's up wow bless bless i hope you get it i pray you get it i hope i, I do too i'm i've been trying <laughs> hey it, it's coming it's coming it's coming so do you have any i don't want to say blackisms <laughs> do you have any nuggets of wisdom or any uh suggestions for anyone that's in a position where they're trying to get into anything because you have so much you know to offer um for a younger person even a, a older person i guess but something that'll that'll let them know like how you did me how to start or how to do well i 
I'll I'll start I'll start by quoting Nipsey Hussle, right? <laughs> and it's, you're going to feel every emotion. You will. You you there'll be peaks, there'll be valleys, there'll be highs, there'll be lows. You're gonna feel it all. the The most important thing is to not give up because we felt that. Right, mm-hmm. we still feel that there's there's oh, highs, there's, yeah. There, there's there's highs, there's lows, um, and you, there there's wins. You'll lose some, um, but it's important that you allow yourself to feel it and and move. Right, yeah. don't get stuck on the win too long. Don't mm-hmm. get stuck on the loss too long. Allow yourself to feel it, but also allow yourself to move on. And I think. Just doing that helped me a lot with with the network because, like, especially in the early days, I was like, I want to build, 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 right? And I want to build fast, fast, and keep people, keep your team, like, on the same on the same wavelength, right? So if if you have a team around you that's all focused on the same thing, like, and mm-hmm. they want they they're all focused on. On, on growth, it makes the it makes the mission easier, right. right? So, you have the same people working towards the same thing, and it it's regardless of what happens, you're in the you're in the same boat together, and that also has served me well. Um, and that's it, man. Just don't give up. Okay. Yeah, I I felt that with my, with the patio a few times. I was like, man. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I don't know if they like it or not. Because whenever I ask for feedback, nobody say nothing. <laughs> I be over here panicking. And then I'm like, you know what? Just chill out. Just chill out. They've been doing this for years. You've only been doing this for months. Just chill out. We know we know where we want to be by the end of the year. So let's just go with the flow. Okay. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I appreciate that, too. So, like, my my bonus final question for real for hip-hop is, I always ask, is there anything you would have went back and told yourself earlier on that may bring you up to something you really wanted now? Like, something you didn't want to do then that you could have did and got you where you wanted to be. Not to say you still wouldn't Mm. have DFPN, but there might be several other things that you wanted then that would be, you know, significantly, it would have gave you significant chance to analyze and tell you what real direction you wanted to go. No, because I would have went back really realistically. I would have went back and told myself, you're right. That's, that's what I would have. You're right. Um, whatever happens, it's it's going to happen. That's always been my mindset. Like, it's okay. going to happen, so let it happen. And I think I get that from my grandfather, rest his soul. Like, I do get that from him. He was always, I always thought he was like a uh, a pessimist. Like, uh-huh. really, really, truly, I always thought he was a grumpy old man. <laughs> but now that was he's he not that serious, <laughs> no, I really did. I really, I thought he was like a grumpy old man. Like. Dude, you are not positive at all. But like the more the older I get, the more I realize his mindset. It's mm-hmm. like, don't worry about things that you don't have control over. Right. Because you have no control over it. What you can what you can c- 
control is what, exactly what you need to focus on, right? And it it sounded way more fucked up coming from him because <laughs> because he, he's like he was a I thought he was a grumpy old man, but it's like don't complain about it because you can't control it. Like stop spending right. time complaining about stuff you don't have control over because it's going to happen. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to be roses. Right. right. So I went back and told myself, you're right. It's not, it's not all, it's not all great because one of the things that um, even pursuing the music, like once I got out pursuing it, it was like, I love making the music, but I wasn't in love with the, I with the process. You know what oh. I mean? There was a lot of politics involved and pay to play. And even to get your foot in the door, it was just like a process, right? right. Like I love making the music, but there came a point to where like, I don't really like the process, right? right. Like I don't really, I don't, I'm not in love with that, right. but I love making music. Um, so I went back and told myself, you're right. Be careful what you wish for too. Mm-hmm. And because when you get it, you may not actually love it. Like I, I've, I've been there, and I, I, wouldn't, nice. I wouldn't. Right. It, it isn't. It isn't nice. But I'm. I'm glad that it all worked out the way it did. I have no regrets. So allow, allow allowing myself to feel it was mm-hmm. was key to that. Like, and I'm happy here. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm happy with the network. So I'm I'm happy seeing seeing what what's happening with it. Oh, that's good. Hey, I am glad that I'm able to try and keep up and do my part <laughs> and learn whatever other parts that I need to learn. So you know, I mean, back when I was younger, I probably would have told myself, musically wise try and find a way to get sponsored into the dancing programs that I missed out on. That too. Yeah. 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 That too. Try to find a sponsor, man. Like it'd be, it'd be way easier if you, if you had a sponsor, but again, this is all knowledge I didn't have back then. So (laughs) this is all hindsight. Like I didn't have the knowledge, but knowing, knowing it now, it probably wouldn't have changed anything. Right. Because there's still the, there's still the process. And I didn't right. like the pro- like the process. Was, I did not like that at all. <laughs> I was, and I would have told myself, even though you're a nerd, be who you are. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. But I mean, that's all the questions I had in regards to hip hop. So you know, we just chit chat. If there's something you want to talk about, because I know we be clowning offline and stuff. <laughs> it's whatever, because. <laughs> uh, I got nothing but time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, ain't nothing really happened. <laughs> I just but, seen the um, um, what was it? The story on Amber Rose that uh, I don't remember the pod, but uh, Claudia Jordan, Claudia Jordan, shout out to Claudia, Providence, Rhode Island, what's up? Um. She was explaining how um, Cape Verdeans, shout out to Cape Bird, um, which is African and Portuguese with a little bit of Spain descent 
off the west coast of Africa. And they was talking about how Amber White said she doesn't identify as black. She identifies as white, even though her mom is Cape Verdean, mm-hmm. um, which is the, the mixture of what I told you. And um, Claudia had went in even more about how Cape Verdeans are um, racist. Now, granted, she didn't specify the New England area, but that's where most of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you, when it comes to mixed, um, mixed people that are within the artist area and all preying on the artist area, um, denying their full heritage, um, does that take an offense to? Um, are doing your artistry like say you want to present that person with a piece of art or a song or something but they don't want to take it from you because you're not that's like a Cape Verdean trait the, right. the lighter skinned ones they say they're Portuguese or white and they deny that black heritage to this day I can attest to it because I got family that won't acknowledge that I'm family or even speak to me but anyway right. um do you think hip hop with how certain you know how it flipped and you know we had our uh, ice ice babies and then uh, you know Eminem and stuff <laughs> <laughs> do you think that plays a part in why we don't have any more uh uh like Paul walls and stuff like that coming out it's like a sprinkle here a sprinkle there no I think I don't think that plays a part into it, um, especially now. Especially now, hip hop is like it's it's a sound now. It's not it's it's more it's more of a sound than it is a culture. If that mm. makes any sense. No, it makes totally sense. <laughs> it makes totally sense. If you sound like such and such, you're more likely to get put on. Right. It doesn't matter what you look like. Um, I don't think that plays a part into it. However, however, um, I do think, I do think that, I do think that representing a culture is important because I think, I think the representation is important. Right. I do think that. I totally agree because that's what hip hop is. Hip hop is culture. Right. Right. because culture encompasses all art. Many things, right. Many right. things going to a culture. They don't really get that nowadays. No. So that is disappointing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think that plays a part in hip hop as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. It, it still may, but I don't think I don't think it's as prevalent as it was. Because because you have people like like Vanilla Ice, like they would say he was appropriating the culture. Um, okay. Right? Like you had Vanilla Ice, but on the same spectrum, you had an MC Search who was who was like who was like revered, still is to yeah. this day. Like nobody messes with Search, right? But yeah. they're on the same spectrum, right? They're, they're both doing the same thing. Or, or like the most polarizing of all is Eminem. Right, okay. people, people. There are people to this day that would say Eminem is 
like if he were a black person, like mm-hmm. he'd be average. And I'm like, you're dumb. Because right. he's, a good, he's a good lyricist. <laughs> right, right. If you lock, I got I got I could see this. If you locked yourself in a room with Eminem and be like, who has the better lyrics? Eminem's coming out of the room the winner. Doesn't right. matter what color you are. Like Except for against Nas, because that's my double shout out to Nas, number one. <laughs> for me. Let's, let's for talk me. about Nas for a minute. Let's talk about Nas for a minute. Because I know I know Nas is everybody's favorite. So I'm gonna go on record. Nas in his in his age. I am way more appealing to Nas at his age now versus uh-huh. when he started. Like Nas now, I'm like, God damn, where was this guy? What? <laughs> Bravehearts? What? Man, oh. man, listen. One might series. I mean, I'm not all right, Stillmatic, that. I'll give you Stillmatic. Stillmatic, Illmatic, I'll give you those two. Okay. Maybe it was written too. Maybe it was written as probably better than Stillmatic. Maybe. I believe so. But I mean, not Stillmatic, Illmatic. I believe so because it was like it was him, then it was like, okay, it's him, and then it was like, damn, it's really him. Yeah. So but them King's Disease albums, I'm like, yo. <laughs> Fire. Y'all better be glad Nas didn't do like the knock on Nas was always like his production, right? right. Great lyricist production's terrible. But that's because they, you know, he came out when he was mad young. So they, you know, it was probably some hate too. It probably, it probably was. I, I, I'll be, I'm comfortable saying that now. But like them King's Disease albums, I'm like, bro, <laughs> if Nas had any production back then, like he probably, like, the case for him being a GOAT would be undeniable. Right. Right. But there's criteria. There's criteria. Well, you know. So who, who's your GOAT, Kim? Who's. Is it Nas? He's my number one, but asterisk. Overall, mm-hmm. it would be Rakim. Why Rakim? I I could I'm, I'm interested in this in this answer. I could listen to his lyrics and really feel that, you know, what he's talking about is really like I could I can imagine it. For where I was raised, even though I was raised up north, I was in New England, and I was only exposed to music and bits and pieces. But when I heard Rakim, I was like, yo. I mean, we had the gurus and the grand poobahs and all that, too. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect (laughs) for DMCs and all that. But... I truly clicked with Rob Kim's music because I felt like if my if I was a boy, that would be my story. Mm. Okay, I get that. I get that. I think for my 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 thinking goes back because a lot of people, a lot of people who like rock with hip hop, would say Rock Kim is their is their number one, is their go. It's either Rock Him or Black Thought. It's one of one of the two. They don't give Black Thought enough credit, though. Ah, uh, maybe uh, back then, but you know, as nah. it came, they didn't give him enough. I I'm I'm of the belief that his peers do. The public don't. 
But that's yeah. me though. Shoot. I, you got me reminiscing now. <laughs> <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days. And I love that everybody could express themselves. They could just, yeah, just be who they that's were. The, that's the thing. Like, hip hop. That, that I loved when hip hop was young. When hip hop was like, it's not, not that it's old because it's right. only 50, it's only almost 50 years old, right? But the, the early days of hip hop where. Right. There wasn't before it started making money, like it had to find its voice. Before I love that, right? I love that it had to go through that period because we got so much different styles and so much different music, right? Out of out of that, I wish we could go back to that. However, I don't see hip hop going back to that format ever again because it's making money, right? Because I, you know, up until I'll say the late 90s. It wasn't no, oh, that's definitely DJ so-and-so song. But right. then late 90s and beyond, he was like, oh, that's what's beat. Shout out to Swiss Beats because I like your music too. Oh, that's Timbaland. Shout out to Timbaland. Two up, two down. Um, you always knew what DJ or what produces music it was whenever right. it came out and Although it was still great music, I did like the that when we went back there, if you wasn't from that specific area, you didn't you just liked what you was getting. It right. was, you, you didn't know who was putting it out. Right. So, yeah, right. I, I like that. I but that. yeah, I like I like the because you had you had it was like genres within the genre. Like you had you had your storytelling. You had your social content. You had you had the party music, right? You had the dance music. Then you had the lyrics, the lyricism. So you had you had all this collective stuff within this one genre, and you couldn't really pin it down to like this person is this. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't pin them. You couldn't put them in a box because everybody was making different music. Right. And depending on where you're this from, producer, but I got this producer over here, and right. so I can go over there and make that song. Yeah. Right, right. Like, yeah. even like depending on where you're from, like it's that music's different. Like West mm -hmm. Coast was different from Midwest. Midwest was different from East Coast. East Coast was different from South. Like it was, I called it gumbo because you just had so much different right. stuff everywhere. Dude, if I had it. I mean, shout out to Salt Pepper. If I hadn't heard that uh, Push It song, these girls in middle school, junior high, whatever you want to call it, were performing that in a, a talent show. Mm -hmm. And so I had already knew the song, so I was hiding in the cafeteria watching them. <laughs> and they turned around because this one girl was yelling at a girl that was messing up. She was like, even the nerd back there know the dance over you. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> but I, mean, I had more confidence to just be, be more assertive when it came to dancing because hip-hop music, just the, the sound helped me. And then right. when I started in high school with learning all the lyrics, writing everything down, making mixtapes, 
feminine virality. You know, I was like, hell yeah, you hell had to yeah. know what song you wanted, where you wanted to end, and where you wanted to fade it. I was all in it. When it that record play that. on the radio, yes. <laughs> and I had a stereo that had a record player, a double cassette tape thing, and an eight track. Damn. Eight track, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you put an eight track out to these kids right now, they'd be like, Well, what do you do with what this? What the hell is this? <laughs> what is this? Uh, That's funny because uh <laughs> when we went to we went to clean out my grandmother's house, um, like we went to clean out her house, and like there was just eight tracks everywhere, and I'm like <laughs> This shit is like, crazy. Why are you people? <laughs> yeah, like why? Why are these here? <laughs> she just had eight tracks and forty fives. She didn't have no like oh, words. Forty fives. I remember those. Yeah, she I had the forty fives and the eight tracks. I'm like, why is this a thing in your house? Right. This is this is. But crazy. you know, our people always think something's gonna have value later on in life. So they may be right. Hell, a track might be worth something at, at, at these points, depending on what it is. Yeah, because music then. music is so rare now. Like, I know I I know I know we have records at my mom's house that I'm like, mm-hmm. don't ever throw these shits away. Cause I love the vinyl music. sound. Yeah, I love the vinyl. Sound. Don't I ever don't, throw these away. I don't like, like all this mixed CD stuff. <laughs> Whatever they doing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, but you know, that's my time. I'm going to go ahead and let you go for the day so that way you can get what you need to get done. And I know you are an hour behind, so you got a little bit more time to do some shit. <laughs> yep. So is there anyone you want to shout out before I close out? Ah uh, man, shout out to everybody that tuned into this podcast. Shout out to the DFPN. Shout out to that filling. Shout out to the team, man. Uh, thank yes. you, guys. Thank you for your time today, too, Kim. Appreciate oh, it. I appreciate it. Thank you for, you know, my little time move because uh, I-, I was pushing it to the minute. I was like, yo, I got to go. Can you hurry this up? And <laughs> I appreciate you waiting for me. So to all my listeners, thank you for coming through to the patio with Kim, hitting it up with 50 Years of hip hop and black mag that feeling podcast network that feeling uh everybody on the network because yes we do have so many that i gotta write them in again (laughs) (laughs) but uh i hope you enjoyed our, our live podcast today and until the next time we out peace peace Apologies, I am learning this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to get back to the screen. (laughs) And your ass was sleep.